Thanks for tuning in today to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. My name is Katie Chesney, and on Technically Speaking, we explore the latest social media trends, discover the hottest technology jobs on the market, and give you helpful tips and tricks for using social media and technology in today's workplace. Now, today we are discussing digital life management, and joining us to discuss this is Allison Stad, social media and digital communications professional. So, Allison, can you tell us a little bit about what you do as a digital life coach and a communications and digital professional? Sure. I just want to say, first of all, thank you, Katie, so much for having me. I'm excited to be a part of the show today. So as a digital life coach, what I do is help people with a one-size-fits-one approach. What I like to call it is figure out how to kind of slice and dice and customize all of the content that is being thrown your way on a daily basis on all kinds of channels from the internet. So you think about it as your daily life offline already feel kind of hectic and harried and disorganized. So the same kind of thing is happening with your digital life. And by digital life, I mean your social media channels, your blog posts, your contacts, your recipes online, your chores, your to-do list. So as a digital life coach, I help people kind of break that down, declutter, organize, and find a little piece of enlightenment on the internet. Awesome. Now, I noticed that on your your website, you had a quote that kind of really summed this up well based on like how much Mm -hmm. real chatter there is out in the world. And it's from Clive... Thimpson mm-hmm. Wired, where he states that every day we collectively produce millions of books worth of writing. Globally, we send 154.6 billion emails, more than 400 million tweets, and over 1 million blog posts, and around 200 million blog comments on WordPress. So that's a lot of content just going <laughs> out there. And I can't even imagine just, you know, on if we counted how much each individual receives on a daily basis, we'd be just overwhelmed by the number. So is this really why people need to learn how to manage their digital lives just because there's so much content. And by the looks of it, it doesn't seem like it's going to stop. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep, absolutely. I like to think of it as kind of an analogy for when you're at a bookstore or a library and you think about how many hours of reading there are in all those books on all those shelves and how it's literally impossible to ever read all of that material. So the same thing is true of the internet just multiplied by a factor of a billion. So that's why something like a digital life coach really comes into play to help you kind of understand and break down all of the commitments that you have online, all of the reading material that is the potential to kind of take up your day, that abundance of communication that really introduces a whole new set of complications to your life. So as as you just read from Clive Thompson's quote, um, and I love all of his writing, by the way, in Wired and across, you know, other outlets. It really is just going to continue to increase. And sometimes it's okay to need a little bit of assistance or help or advice in breaking that down and figuring out where do I start? How do I manage all of this? And, you know, also to know that you're not the only one that's overwhelmed and struggling with it. Can you manage your professional digital life similar to how you manage your personal digital life? Because I imagine that much like in, you know, real world, you have to different components. You have your personal and your professional. So do you see that those as being things that you can keep totally separate in the digital space or is it something that kind of blends together? I've seen both approaches. I tend to like to keep them separate just because it helps me kind of decide and kind of try to maintain that so-called work-life balance. I try to also make sure that I don't think of it as a balance because then you're automatically setting up your work and personal life at odds with each other. So I don't like to use that word in relation between the two. But in terms of different tools that I use to keep things organized and streamlined in my professional versus personal life, I do 
like to keep things separate. So for example, I have an email app for my work email on my phone and I have an email app for my personal email on my phone. I don't use the same one for both inboxes. That's actually a really good tip. I know a lot of people kind of struggle with keeping the kind of like the balance there, like you'd said, you know, you really don't Mm -hmm. want to have a balance, but you kind of need to keep both of them moving forward. How has the growth of these digital lives really affected how people work and the progress of their careers? Do you you feel that people are just getting stuck in all this content, not really moving forward or what's kind of going on there? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I like this quote from Michael Galpert, who's kind of this creative tech expert. He says, it's not about information overload. It's about filter failure. So The fact of the matter is, like I said earlier, there's always been information overload. There has always been more reading material and before that, more oral material that was passed down, you know, over storytelling circles and campfires and whatnot. Then we have, we have physical time to kind of consume and and analyze and think about. So it's really about the ways that you help yourself kind of streamline and declutter all of the information that's coming, that's coming across your consciousness. So. You know, I think that in a professional capacity, I think there are definitely tips and tools for kind of cutting down on some of that. I try and keep my my professional inbox extremely labeled and filed into folders so that at any given time, I'm striving for that concept that everyone's heard called inbox zero, which just means that you have no unread emails in your actual inbox so that everything is sorted into, into labeled folders that can be subdivided depending on the topic or category. Another tool that I use for my professional life is called Wonderlist. Mm-hmm. So it's Wonder, W-U-N-D-E-R, List. And it's a free app that is on mobile, but also a desktop, so it has a website. That's kind of like a personal project management tool. So it lets you divide your task list up into sections and further categorize. You can upload photos and videos. That's just a little bit of a peek at what kind of how I like to divide my professional life online. And that's actually perfect because I was going to ask you about email next, like where you start. Mm -hmm. So it kind of seems like just labeling everything and being organized and staying on top of everything so you can get to that inbox zero is really where you kind of get that whole ball rolling. Yep, exactly. My number one favorite tech tool that I use, and I've suggested it to so many people, these are the kinds of tips that I include in my blog post on my website and that I suggest for people when we're working together in a life coach capacity, is called unroll.me. And this is a tool that combines all of the email newsletters that come into your inbox into one daily email. So you can open it up at your convenience and see little thumbnails and links over to the original email, or you can just click on a link that's included out to wherever it originally linked to so that you've now got upwards of maybe 10 or 15 email newsletters from wherever you'd like to receive email, whether it's jcrew.com or if it's, you know, uh, your local writing center where you want to keep up on their, their email to see what writing classes are coming up, or if it's the New York Times, you know, daily newsletter, those can all be now into one email. So you've automatically decluttered uh, your inbox just with that one move. And that's a totally free tool. I did not know about that. That sounds like it would really, because I myself get about like 10 emails a day with different newsletters. And I just see them, I'm like, oh, that's the last thing I need to do right now when I'm at work. Exactly. That would be a great thing to utilize. You mentioned earlier about having your email on your phone and having a separate app for your personal email and then for your work Mm -hmm. email. So how do you kind of manage? Because, you know, some people will have work email and then also work I am on your phone. So how do you kind of Mm -hmm. manage that and make sure that it doesn't get it doesn't really get into your personal time, even though it's on your personal phone? Yeah, that's a great question. 
For me, it's about managing my time and how I'm dedicating different chunks of my time to different things. So in my head, I devote the entire workday to just my work email. So I don't check personal email throughout the entire workday. So that's sort of like a mental division for me. And that makes me feel more organized and less cluttered because I know that that time is devoted to that inbox. So if I'm out doing an errand or grabbing lunch, I know if I'm checking email, it's going to be that same work email inbox. And then in the early morning, I check personal email. And in the evening, I check personal email. On the weekends, it does tend to be a mix. And of course, there's, you know, there's no such thing as black and white with these things. And there's some kind of bleed in there. But sometimes I think that the best way to think about this sort of digital decluttering is to look at the way you spend your time. Mm-hmm. You only have 24 hours in a day. Some of that you're sleeping, some you're eating, some you're you know, otherwise occupied. But if you think about how much time to devote to different digital tasks, just as you do with your offline tasks, so the time you spend grocery shopping or tucking your kids in at night or reading a magazine, um, the same approach can be taken to this is the amount of time I'm dedicating to reading blog posts or you know, clipping coupons online or organizing my photos in iPhoto. So that's one kind of way to kind of help, you know, approach your your digital life. Okay. So how many hours, if you had to just guesstimate, how many hours do you think an average person would spend just in their work email every day trying to work through it? Well, I always say that you should start if you if you don't have a lot of organization happening yet in your work in inbox or your personal, which is totally fine, by the way, and many people don't. I say put in some time at the very beginning when you're first starting this organization project, if you're working with me, with someone else, or just, you know, became motivated by reading an article online or something. Put in the time in the beginning and set up your system so that you figure out, okay, these are the 15 email folders that I need in my inbox. These are the sort of overarching main channels that, you know, I need to be communicating in. And then you've set up yourself for success. So it's the same thing as like setting up your your personal desk space where you buy an inbox you buy certain color-coded folders and labels that work together as a system, and you're never going to need that much time in the future because you've set yourself up for that system to function smoothly. So I would say that no additional time would be needed in your routine to to be added on top of how much time you're already spending checking email to make it organized if you set yourself up for success at the beginning. And that's really important to really take that time and set yourself up for success. You don't have to do that time later. I do want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about social media. And there's so many channels, and I know everyone's on Facebook, Twitter, and then Pinterest, and LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. YouTube. And you're just there's so many opportunities to be involved on social media. So where do you really start when you're trying to organize social media, and how do you kind of keep that professional image of yourself working and moving forward when you're on social media? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's funny because I've worked with a huge range of brands from small women-owned businesses to global brands to people. And I, I consider everyone their own personal brand online. But the reason I say that is because there is a difference in approach when you're managing social media for a brand that's an entity, a business of some kind versus yourself. So since we're sort of talking about the personal space right now, I would say, I always say start with Twitter mm-hmm. because that for me is the simplest, easiest, to read throughout the day, to kind of keep tabs on what's happening in a huge range of industries and whatever whatever your interests are, whatever your hobbies and passions are, anyone that you think you admire professionally or personally, most likely is going to be on Twitter. It's the easiest to consume. It's very what they call snackable type of content. It's a scrolling kind of movement. There's less 
deep reading because if you are interested in something, you can link off to it, but it's not in the native space. I've been moving away personally from Facebook over the past few years, mm-hmm. and I find myself, if I have 15 minutes check in on one social media channel, it's going to be Twitter. Okay. I really like how you called Twitter. Um, it's snackable content. And I think that's a really great thing mm-hmm. to kind of maybe intersperse throughout your workday. So yep. as a professional, how often should you be posting on Twitter? How often should you be posting on Facebook? And what does that kind of really do to maybe, you know, improve your digital life? I think that one one tactic to help save time and manage all of the the kind of what can threaten to be clutter online is to remember that you don't need unique content across each channel. So if you publish a blog post on your own website or on another site, you can actually turn that into a tweet, a Facebook post, a pin on Pinterest, a post on Tumblr, etc. So you can actually repurpose the same content. You use slightly different wording or a different image depending on the platform. But that, that is important to keep in mind so you're not recreating the wheel constantly. But as a guideline, I would say I would post maybe one or two tweets a day, one Facebook post a day, and then Pinterest as, as you feel, you know, that that's a different kind of scheduling environment because it's much more kind of this waterfall format of constant real-time content that's just image-based. Mm-hmm. There is more sort of you're cluttering other people's streams less if you post on Pinterest than on Twitter. And of course, it depends on how many people that you're following and how many people your followers are following. But I think that's a good guide to start with and see how you feel about it fitting into your life. Again, it's all about that one size fits one approach. Okay. So one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is people and relationship management. And you really, mm-hmm. you know, through email and through social media, there's always a someone else on the other end. So do you think that the digital space has a large impact on our professional relationships? And is this really a factor that needs to be taken into consideration when you are managing your digital life? Absolutely. I think that it's incredibly important to think of anything that you post on any site online that your boss could be seeing it, your colleagues could be seeing it. And I think this is a problem that's only going to be increasingly prevalent as this digital generation grows, enters the workforce, and some of them have been on Facebook since elementary school. So I do think it is a huge consideration in our professional lives. And it also depends on, on the industry that you work in, on the, the office that, you know, environment that you're a part of, on kind of the culture around you of your fellow coworkers and industry members. For example, I've always worked in social media, digital marketing, digital communication. So it's a little more acceptable for me to pull out my phone and take an Instagram of my food at a work lunch. But mm-hmm. that may not be the case if you are a physician or a lawyer or you work in, you know, investment banking. So I think some of it is kind of taking the lead of the people around you and sort of being attuned to what is, you know, socially acceptable. From a personal standpoint, I like to set certain boundaries and limits. Also, depending on the company that I'm with, I like to make sure I'm constantly checking on myself to make sure that I'm enjoying experiences and enjoying the moment and not focusing more on what's happening online on my phone than what's happening in the real present moment. So I do enjoy taking photos and posting from, for example, a concert or a dinner vacation, that kind of thing. But I try and keep it very short and sweet. And then I put away my phone. So no matter the fact that I, for my full-time profession, work in digital communication, social media, digital life coach, I still make sure that I'm maintaining that balance at all times. I think that's a really good point to make because it can be really easy to get lost in the internet because it is so vast and just continually growing. So do you see that digital space continuing to grow and making that need for digital life management to grow as well in the future? Absolutely. I think this 
huge abundance of, of content online is just honestly the tip of the iceberg, not to use a cliche, but I do think that there is so much more potential, especially with broadband, you know, growth and, and internet access expansion across the globe. There are so many people that today don't even have online access that will soon. Um, and there are so many people that are just discovering these, these content creation tools. And I think that's a great thing that everyone has such a, a voice in this generation, in this time, this digital age that hasn't been true in the past. As you said, it's just going to become even more essential to, to really focus on that, what I call e-streamlining mm-hmm. or digital decluttering. But as I said earlier, I mean, it's really an analogy to what we've always dealt with in our in our personal offline lives. And it's really just an extension into a virtual uh, space. Now, unfortunately, we are running out of time for today. Do you have any final pieces of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners about um, digital life management and how to declutter their digital lives? My final piece of advice, other than to make sure you read my blog, where I have lots of free daily tips on this kind of stuff, so it's alisonstad.com slash blog, is to remember that in the moments when you feel overwhelmed and stressed, by all of the content coming your way and all the videos your friends are sending you email links to, all the forwards you're receiving, the blog posts that you haven't read, the photos you haven't uploaded yet. You're not the only one that feels that way. It's totally normal to feel overwhelmed and that there are definitely tools that you can take advantage of to help really streamline and organize that content and experience for you. And that it's definitely possible to find a way to to slice and dice everything and to make sure that you're still enjoying yourself both online and offline. Well, there you have it, folks. But unfortunately, as our time is coming to a close today on Technically Speaking, I just want to thank Allison for joining us and sharing her expert advice. We do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been a pleasure. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, just send me an email at aljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or send me a tweet at the LJN. And once again, I'm Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time.